Welcome to Radio Drama Revival, the show dedicated to stories told through the medium of sound, showcasing the diversity and vitality of modern audio theater. You're here news, reviews, discussion, and of course, stories. I am your host, Fred, and that great theme music is by Roger Gregg of Crazy Dog Audio Theater. And yes, it is me, Fred, back here for my five-week hiatus uh, out on world travel, getting slightly maladjusted back to the first world here, uh, a little still dazzled, razzle-dazzled by electricity and the internet and uh, some reliable services that, uh, while South Africa does have in parts, did not have in many of the more remote spots that we visited. Um, actually, that was kind of the joy of the whole thing. Um, so yeah, and in case you thought that all the funny skits that we ran here uh, were just myth, be assured I really was in the Southern Hemisphere for five weeks and have all kinds of tasty chunks of audio to show for it. Um, here, for example, is a little nugget from the beautiful mountain village of Malayalea, Lesotho. Uh, you're greeted each morning in this village by the jingling bells of sheep headed out to pasture. Here's uh, a little taste of what that experience is like. Uh, Malayalea, Lesotho, folks. Yeah, uh, most of our trip we spent hiking, uh, spent both traveling in Lesotho and hiking the Drakensberg Mountains on the Lesotho and South African side. Uh, the Drakensberg are a magnificent range, um, a, and there's an apocryphal tale that it influenced J.R.R. Tolkien's Misty Mountains, um, and even if that is not true, they are certainly splendid and Misty Mountains, coincidentally. It's home. Uh, the mountains are home to amazing swings of weather um, from grueling hot days to uh, bitterly cold nights and uh, thunderstorms there are just legendary. Here is a little taste of one that came rolling down upon us. And yeah, so much more to say, beauty of the people there, uh, observations about simplicity and all the junk we have in the first world and do we really need it, stuff like that. Um, and places that just gave me that cloudy gem of inspiration for audio tales that are yet to be told. Um, if you stick around here, keep listening, you'll definitely hear more stories of my travels over time as they start to percolate into uh, something more tangible, something I can share beyond just a, a poetic uh, moment. Um, yeah, so today we are back to get things recalibrated here on the show, wrapping up, well, sort of wrapping up our series of fi sci-fi February. Um, we call it not really wrapping up because we're actually going to have sci-fi into the month of March. Um, but for our last week of February here, uh, months of March, um, in particular on our March 9th show, we'll be launching my new radio epic, The Cleansed. It's been years in development uh, working on the storyline, eight 30-minute episodes will be released over the course of 2012, uh, released on this show in five to seven-minute little chunks that you'll hear each week. The grand finale will be on Halloween 2012, and if you'd like to hear the uncut version, we'll tell you how to do that too. Um, there will be both a paid and free version of The Cleansed, 
and uh, 40 actors, uh, Matthew Boudreaux of Oral Stages doing um, a lot of sound design work for us. We've got Hubert Campbell um, from Chicago uh, doing the musical score, uh, recorded fully on location on lo- throughout southern Maine, over 40 actors, um, and yours truly uh, writing, directing, and producing this show, and so excited to share it with you and see what you think this is. Uh, if you're into serialized audio drama, specifically sci-fi, dark, um, apocalyptic material, this is going to be for you. Um, a lot of work has gone into this, and I ho- I'm so excited to finally be sharing with you the results of this. Um, you did hear the pilot of The Cleansed last year, which was pretty hard-hitting and action-packed. The regular series definitely has its action-packed moments, but because it's not about the apocalypse, but the times after the apocalypse, there's a lot more um, ups and downs in the story, so it's not just pure, full-on adrenaline-packed intensity, though it does have that in moments. It also has um, characters who you're going to grow attached to over the course of the 12 hours of the drama, already working on season two, the scripts are in development, and um, we'll keep this pretty much um, running at full tilt big folks it's almost here so the cleansed is coming soon but for now i've got a fantastic treat for you this is called the minister of chance and it's uh ever so loosely related to the doctor who universe uh writer dan freeman penned the bbc webcast episode of doctor who death comes to time um i admit i'm not uh totally into whoology um and you know, don't know everything that's happened over there uh, in Britain with uh, BBC doing um, audio productions of Doctor Who, Big Finish doing stuff, uh, what's been on TV, what's been on the web. Uh, but anyways, uh, Dan worked on the Doctor Who series, uh, Doctor Who special, Death Comes to Time. It introduced a character called the Minister of Chance, who um, is Dan's character to work with outside of the Doctor Who uh, proper. And that's what you're going to hear, um, some explorations of this character, the Minister of Chance, two episodes of it. Um, it has been produced you know, more or less on spec. Uh, Dan Freeman and his co-producer Claire Eden produced this new series, uh, hoping to raise enough direct funding by interested listeners to keep it going. Um, they're not affiliated with any official commissioning body, uh, no official arts funding. Um, they're trying to do something unique and different and an alternative, um, as we all are, <laughs> out of the pure love of it and uh, hoping to get some people interested in this um, you know, spin-off from the Doctor Who universe exclusively released for the web. And uh, I think you'll be delighted by this. We'll be speaking to Dan himself um, just after this. Um, got to talk to him over Skype about this series. Um, and if you like what you hear um, and you want to support it, uh, I think they would definitely appreciate that. You can uh, follow the links to the Indiegogo campaign at radiodramarevival.com or find Minister of Chance directly at Minister of Chance. Dot com, and here we are for episode one of Minister of Chance. Then why don't they stop all the bad things in the world? Only two ways about it. They don't want to or they can't. It's one of them. What's that word? Oh, you know, you know, you know, you know, you know. It's a mystery to me. That's it. Mystery. I know, it's a mystery. That's why I'm asking. On the bright side, mine, their officers likes a beer. So get down that cellar, get that barrel changed. We might get some more Seasians in with any luck. Why don't you serve them? You love them so much. Keep your voice down. You'll get us all carted off. 
And taking this up since the invasion, these Seasians at least got some manners. Hey, 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 I tell you what, they, they carted off old Bell. No, no. He, he was just a gardener at the university, and, that, that, and there's no sign of him. Nor the others they've took vanished. Maybe that's the magic. magic. I took them in wagons, you twiv. Well, he might round up some of the rum tights. I keeps an open mind. Empty one more like. And what do you know about the bloody university portrait? You can't even spell it. I got my numbers. That's all I need. That and less left from you. Oh, I tell you, you should have left her in the forest where you found her portrait. I don't know why you keep around here. I really don't. I'll tell you why. Because my bridge don't reach the bank. That's why. A soft heart, and all I get for it is words and nonsense and an empty <clears> purse. <laughs> I go, why don't you buy her some shoes? She won't wear none. She won't comb her hair. She won't do nothing but look like a foundling she is. It fuddles the customers that do, having a look at that while they're drinking. A fuddled drinker don't drink. He ups and takes his coin to the next inn. And there's plenty of them in this city. Why don't you wear yourself a lad, then? Because you'd have to pay wages, is why? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, well, that'd be funny. <laughs> She's got the measure of you, yeah. Porter! Have a good laugh on me, why don't you? Oi, Kitty! <laughs> well, you come back in the cellar for a scruff and I'll buy you some shoes. I'll oh, get stuffed, match wormy. See? Now, that's no way to speak to a customer, even scum like you. I should have left her to the sprites. Well, I wish you had. At least I wouldn't have been stuck in this dump all my life. Oi, where are you going? I'm going to get some tinder, if it please you. Watch the bar, and if any more soldiers comes in, be respectful. And don't hit no one, or insult no one. And if it ain't too much to ask, try and sell some beer. <laughs> Tell you what, them seasons, they carted off Madge's son for chasing him off his pitch. <sighs> so what? Well, don't you worry, though. I'll protect you. <laughs> you can protect a, a cow, you fat wallet. <laughs> well, you're not in the right place. I didn't mean to intrude. I need to find someone. Who? I'm not sure of his name. I think it's Camphor. Professor Camphor. Mental. Do you know him? How do you know it's a he? So, so you do know her? Get lost! You'll get a shot! Oh, you come over here. Here's that ale you was asking for, sir. Ale? What ale? I didn't ask for any. Right, I've had enough of you. Get out! You're barred! Barred? Kitty! We go out for two minutes. What's all this? Well, I, I'm looking for Professor Canther and this hermaphrodite. Oh, my God! That'll do, Kitty. No, sir, you can't just blunder in here causing all kinds of hoo -ha. I meant no harm. I simply that need... Don't matter, sir. I think you've had a bit too much. Too much, too much what? What are you talking about? Come on now, sir. Thank you. Hey. Here you go, there. Goodbye. Yes, good evening to you, sir. Thank you. Who was that, then? Nutter. Come to think of it, I fancy I knows him from somewhere. It'll come to me. Fat chance. <laughs> Julian Wadham. Jenny Agatha. Lauren Price. Paul Darrow. Sylvester McCoy. Paul McGann. Lloyd Hutchinson. Stuart Fox. Richard Garrity. 
Gareth Jones. Kane Sharp. Ambassador Durian. Something wrong, Minnie? Sir, the witch prime is coming here. Here to Tantilia? Yes, he's coming to the city directly. Sir, I'm sorry, I had no idea. All right, all right, all right. Calm, calm down, man. Calm down. Let me think. There are several military personnel with him, sir. He's brought a squad of marines. Keep calm. How long till he gets here? Thirty minutes, sir. I only just have... All right, all right. I want you to arrange a very public welcome. I want all the Tantine civic leaders that we've left in place to be here when he arrives. Drag them out of bed if you have to. Clear the streets and have a full military honour guard ready in the courtyard. There's no time, sir. You've never failed me yet, Minnie. Yes, sir. Hurry. Sir, I think... Uh, Lord Rathen is also in the party. General Rathen. Right, get to it. Otherwise we may be heading home rather more quickly than we thought. Right. Ambassador. Your magnificence. Welcome. Lower your weapons. Lower them! Your Eminence, this is a great honour. I had no idea you were coming. On behalf of Tanto, welcome. I, I wanted to be the first to congratulate you personally. We are deeply grateful and deeply honoured, Your Excellency. Will you step this way? Levers, not you, General Rathen. You stay. Your Eminence, please, make yourself comfortable. This was the King's private chamber. We're in the process of trying to create a semblance of civil... You upstart little diplomat! I'll scoop out your brains and shit in your skull! How dare you! A public welcoming committee! Oh, very clever, Mr. Julian! Your Eminence? You were sent here to Tantal to engage in diplomacy! I feel I did that, Your Eminence. You feel that you... They need the arrogance! You, you did no such thing, you... you he single-handedly conquered this country. He has brought us to the brink of war! I've already had angry representations from the Queen of Jura. I felt that such a strategic weakness as Tanto couldn't be left to the goodwill of these savages, Your Magnificence. That is not your choice to make! You're not a member of the government. No, he is the government. Here in Tanto, at any rate. Oh, do you find this amusing, Mr. Rathen? Did you know about these escapades? If he contacted me, I would have refused to land a legion. My subordinates didn't understand the civilian command structure. The officer in question is awaiting a court-martial. We can't court-martial him, man! The public at home think he's a hero now. As are you, Mr. Jurian, which is what you have in mind all the time. On the contrary, Your Magnificence, I live to serve. I am the supreme commander of the military, not you. Of course, Your Magnificence. Now get out! I'll deal with you presently. Of course. Kill him. You're joking. He's brilliant, he's charming, he'll come back from wherever you send him. Or tragic accident. Blah, blah. National hero, heartfelt mourning. You get the good publicity by rallying the nation and leading the tributes. Assassinated by some local insurgent wanting revenge, make you look even better. We can't go around killing people we don't like. We are a democracy. 
They'd be found out. There's another alternative, a weak one. I wouldn't take it. Why not? Because you can't handle him. Don't forget your place, Lord Rathen. I am the leader of the nation you serve. Have I ever led you astray? So I permit him to live? What for? Again, I wouldn't, but I'm just a soldier. I don't have your strategic skills. Don't presume what I can or can't handle, Lord General. You could promote him, make him governor of Tanto, ride the wave of his popularity. A tricky ride, though. I can manage that parasite. He that watches the tiger escapes the tiger. Worming. I'm sweep up, Kitty. I'm going to bed. All right. All right. You're not sick, are you? No, I'm fine. How are you? No, oh, you never was sick. Not a sniffle. I don't know what them sprites did. It's something put a hard bark on you. Well, I'm going to bed too. Uh, for for a sleep. Uh, come on, Match Worming. We're closed. Is there any chance of a quick? I'll give you a shoe, or a shoes, in the cellar. Hop off! Watcher, I'm going to bed now, for a sleep. You were choosing some wine, it's all I could get without Portia getting suspicious. How are things in the city? There's a curfew. They went round arresting lots of people from the university and beating people up. I don't want you to risk your own safety, Kitty. You weren't followed here, are you? Yes, she was. Don't, don't talk to her. Oh, don't... please, if I were hostile, I'd be wearing a uniform and shouting. I need you to grind me a looking glass. I don't know what you mean. I mean, use that grinder behind you to grind a looking glass. These instruments are nothing to do with me. I have no... Then you won't mind if I use them. Uh, wait. Don't touch that. I want a mirror, not you. I need it urgently. You need a mirror urgently. And what for? It has to be about this size. Take like this. Why the rush? It will take too long to explain. If I could follow her, I suspect that army can. Were you followed? No. Now, the mirror... What do you mean, that army? Don't you know who they are? A desperately insecure regime who cling to arbitrary rules rather than face the ambiguities of the universe. I need that mirror. Mm. It's an odd man that can see the wood but not the trees. I've seen a lot of trees. Well, what do you want a looking glass for? You wouldn't understand. She understands more than she lets on. The only use I can think of for a mirror like that is a spyglass. What's a spyglass? It's for seeing something that's far away. But they're no use in this country unless you want a closer look at the next tree. Or unless you're looking up. Very good, Kitty. So, you're not from here, you're not Caesian, and you're an emergency astronomer. This is all utterly irrelevant. Oh, just tell us what you're on about. We might do what you want. I don't remember asking for your help. Well, you need mine, unless you're going to force me to make this mirror convince me. Very well. I'll explain as you make the mirror. All right. Kitty, will you keep watch? <sighs> Go on, it, it's all right. You don't always get answers by asking questions. If he can get past the trip well, then I suppose they can. We don't want another unwelcome guest.
Ambassador, our forces are encountering unusual resistance in the north. The giant? Well, I don't think so, sir. It's something anomalous. What do you mean, anomalous? Oh, <laughs> Lord Raven, General, I didn't see you there. I've I'm... come to talk to the Ambassador. Fuck off. I, uh, yes, sir. I, uh, yes, General. General, please come in. His eminence has left, I take it. The Witch Prime has gone back to Sezuan. He sends happy spells to you. I'm sorry I didn't have the chance to say goodbye. You're now the governor of Tanto. I am deeply honored. I tried to persuade him to kill you, but he didn't have the balls. <laughs> I'm taking over as the head of your military here. Well, not to sound uh, inhospitable, General, but aren't you needed at the Duran front? Of course I am. The Witch Prime left me here to spy on you. He gave it some pretext or other, but that's what he meant. I see. Well, we've encountered some resistance, the odd guerrilla attack. Hmm. Yes, what is it, Menin? Uh, uh, Ambassador... Governor. A, uh, Governor, uh, sir, there's a native here with information on Professor Cantha. You did suggest that you wanted to speak to informants directly. If you prefer, though, I can have him interrogated by... No, no, that's the... all right, that's all right. I'd like to get a feel for these people. Send him in. Professor Cantha's a raving scientist, probably part of the insurgency. We didn't get her in the initial door-to-doors. Would you mind, Lord Raffin? You're in charge now. So you did the right thing coming to us? Well, I don't know as I should be doing this, sir. I don't normally... Take your hat off, man. You could be saving lives. Please, tell me what you know. Well, there I am, sat in the traveller's rest. The old and inn I... by the gallows, Ambassador. Governor. Yes, sir, come. And seeing as how I know as you Caesians don't like scientists... We I... don't like charlatans who prey on people's credulity, sir. Science has been outlawed for your sake. It's nothing to do with what we like. Go on. Oh, right, Sir Captain. Well, there I am, minding my own, when in comes this suspicious fellow. What aroused your suspicions? Oh, they wasn't aroused, sir. He were just suspicious. <sighs> All right. Uh, yes, carry on. So, he comes in, and he's wearing a cloak. And a bag. Yes. So I'm thinking, he looks suspicious. And did he do anything suspicious? No, sir. Well, I'm glad we're sitting down. So, Mr... Uh... What's your name, man? Oh, Scudder, sir. So, Mr. Scudder, what did this person do next? Well, sir, he goes up to the bar. How remarkable. Please, go on. So then, he starts asking after a professor, and I pricks up my ears, sir. Did you hear a name? Yes. Professor Cantha. Now, she were a teacher at the university, I think, but I ain't seen her since you, inv- since you liberated you us. You can't say invaded, man. This isn't a dictatorship. You're free to say what you want now the king is gone. Then what? Oh, then I had to have a work, Lord Captain. Uh, but, but then what did this stranger do? Oh, I don't know, sir. I were working. Oh, he were gone when I come back, but he were talking to the barmaid. Forgive my ignorance, but isn't that a common occurrence when frequenting an inn? Yes, sir. Well, if that's all, thank you for your time, Mr. Scutter. You did the right thing in coming to us. Thank you, sir. Well, get out. Shoot, go, go on. I'm mortified, Governor. I didn't realise he was a halfway. His intelligence may be good, even if his intelligence is poor. Find Canther. Send a patrol to the inn. I've already done so, sir. The girl isn't there. Should we recommend door-to-door sweep, sir? No, I think she's not in the town. Let's see. Search this area of the forest. Why there? It's far enough from the town and within walking distance and off our main routes. Hmm. Indeed. I am looking for anomalies in the fabric of the heavens. Why? 
Because a power that can displace planets is far more dangerous than these seasons. And how does that concern you? It concerns everyone. That power must be stopped. Is it ready? No. But I do have a spyglass of my own. Why didn't you say so? Why didn't you ask for help instead of demanding it? So you reserved the stars? The near cluster is out of position, as you said. One of the suns changes colour. You're sure? What does it mean? I need an area of semantic density. An area of semantic density? I think in this country we'd call that a library. Unlikely, huh? Temple, perhaps a battlefield, something like that? Uh, there's an old temple of the blood cult in the forest. I could show you to it. Why do you need a place like that? There's no analogue for death. That's the tripwire. The Caesians have found us. I thought you were standing guard. Uh, I'm sorry, Professor. It's all right, Kitty. Take that tunnel. The other, the other three are decoys. You take that one. Go on, Kitty. I must get my bolts. Come on, Professor! Weapons. I want Cantha alive. Professor! Professor! Professor Cantha, you're under arrest. Oh. Run, Kitty! Run! You, go after that girl. You, the man. Load her instruments for transport to the pit and load facility. <sighs> oh, you led them to us! Oh, you don't think your stealth shouting had anything to do with it? Halt! Raise your hand. What are you looking at? Your strength. I didn't anticipate that. Oi! Where are you going? Oi! If you're going to shoot me, you'll need to take off the safety catch first. You led them to us! Obviously not. Obviously not! Yes, you did lead them to us! Oh, well, I can't compete with that degree of rhetorical genius. <laughs> Oi! Where are you going? I thought you wanted me to get away from you. I do! After you tell me what you're... what this is all about. Can we get to the temple that the professor mentioned? Uh, maybe. Well, let's go. That should have enough significance to get me through. What does that mean? Uh, meaning or import of some kind. Take me to the temple. No, I mean... No, you explain now. Otherwise, I'm going to rescue the professor on my own and you can go and find your temple. It's miles away, and there's a massive chasm in between here and there, and it's pitch dark, and you'll definitely fall in like old Lopey, who's an old man who fell in. There's more at stake here than the Professor's life, or yours, or mine. I need to go to the temple. If you take me there, I'll help you rescue the Professor. <laughs> you! You can't rescue anyone. You're ancient. Oh, how can you tell? <laughs> you are so lost. Uh, how old do you think I am? Old? Oh, splendid. Well, how do you propose to rescue the Professor? Might one inquire as to your master strategy? One is going to bash one's my way in there and get her out! Oh, impressive. Bash one's your way in where? I don't know. Wherever they've taken her. Uh, you mean the palace dungeons? Yeah. Or do you mean the location of all the incarcerated scientists they've rounded up as forced labour? Uh, because you've no doubt worked out that even an anti-scientific regime can't have produced advanced projectile weaponry without a great deal of scientific research somewhere. The location one. The last one what you said. Oh, well, then you've no doubt fathomed early on in your strategic deliberations that precipitate bashing will get you as far as the well-guarded perimeter where you will be shot. And I have the utmost confidence that you have reasoned that a more complex agenda is appropriate. If I say yes, will you shut up? No, indulge me. It only remains for you to reveal where this exciting feat will occur. 
Where are they keeping Professor Camphor? Will it be with the rest of the prisoners, where she can't do any scientific work for the Cesians? Or will it be in a remote facility that they've suborned precisely for that reason? Where is it, then? Uh-huh. The temple. Well, who's stupid now? Cos you're leaning on it. I was lying about the chasm and that. Oh, I see. Yes. Interesting carvings. Well, I think they used to sacrifice people. Port just said they used to bash them on the head and that's why it's called the Blood Rock. Excellent. Why is it excellent? My instruments. I I had some instruments with me that... I can't work out what these are for. How did you get them? Picture pockets. What is this? Ah, ah, ah. It's something akin to a compass of Mac. Never heard of it. What's this? I don't know. Their names are meaningless. That thing's broken. It only points in one direction. Well, I need to concentrate. Can you go now? What do you mean, can I go now? No, I can't go. You go. Well, I'm going anyway. I'm going to rescue the professor without you weighing me back. I'll find where she is. Creating something worthwhile from shoddy parts is impossible. You're a sculptor working with mud. The facility we're building here at Pittenlow is far in advance of anything you had to work with at your university. I just don't follow. Your regime is based on hounding scientists in the name of your great magic, and now you want me to work for you. <laughs> you know I'm a scientist. Magic is mysterious, Professor. Perhaps you're part of it. I solve mysteries. I don't give them moronic names. Please, Professor, respect my beliefs as I respect yours. Your country is governed by witches. You have a coven in every town, all chanting and casting spells. Hasn't it occurred to you that none of them have ever worked? Have you ever seen a spell actually have an effect? Your people cry out for bread and you sit in your universities pondering the origins of wheat. Whilst you imprison everyone who says bread comes from a bakery rather than appearing in a puff of smoke. Under our governance, nobody will go hungry. And your work will contribute to actual change rather than ethereal musings. What work do you want me to do? We have a new rocket engine in development. I would like you to join the team working on it. Surely your witches can cast a spell and create one. What is it? I won't lie to you, it's a missile. But this missile will be used only as a deterrent. We don't want to take over a wasteland. I don't care what it will be used for. I won't make weapons. Professor, my hands are somewhat tied. When your friend is recaptured in a state of war as we are, the soldiers in question might get trigger-happy. Unless specifically ordered otherwise. I see. Under the pleasantries, you're another brutal little tyrant. So, if I work for you, you'll give me your assurance that you won't hurt him? <laughs> That's very good. Professor, when you were arrested, there was a man with you, as well as your student, Ward, Compass, the orphan Kitty. By asking about the man, you hope to divert my attention from her. Ironically, it shows which one is more important to you. Well... Let's hope she's clever enough to evade our entire very well-trained army. Don't hurt her. Good luck with your work, Professor. These soldiers will drive you to the laboratory. Who knows, with the proper facilities, you may discover something altogether new.
two, bond three, duplicate four, electron, electron, bond, bond three, molecule, duplicate third to the seventh, make a cell, duplicate, bond, door. Formula for doors. Now go home. We haven't got one anymore. I'll get arrested. You said you'd help me rescue the professor. I lied. Goodbye. Oi! Oi! That's not possible. How come it goes somewhere in there, but you can't see it out here? Go home. Bridge between worlds. What do you mean, worlds? Your world, the one you're going to stay in, the world that I'm going to, the one where if you follow me, you'll die. Welcome, I'll die in you won't. Well, how, how did you make that door out of nothing? Nothing comes from nothing. Can you show me how to do it? No. Well, why not? Because that would involve ever seeing you again, which I will not be doing, because you will be in your world over there, and I'll be in this one over here. Can you make a door into the prison to get the professor out? No. Why not? Because I'm going to be here and you're going to be there. You think you're really clever. I'm right. Oh, perhaps I'm not quite as clever as I thought. Whoa! Where's the ground? Down there. Oh, so why are we up here? Because while I was constructing the door, I was being bombarded with inane questions. How can the stones fly in? Mm, well, the law of weights has been broken. Whoa. Go back. If you follow me, you'll die. I'm not scared of you. It's not me that'll kill you, unless, of course, you keep talking. If you step out of this doorway, there's nothing to pull you down. There's no attraction between objects and the ground. You'll just float here until you starve to death. Well, how come you won't? Because I'm going to take a running jump. Move aside. And go home! No, I'm coming with you! No, let go! Wait, don't let go! That was a very stupid thing to do. You don't have to grip that tightly. Hello? Flying! Flying, we're flying! Calm down! See where there are no lights? That's the city. The gravity is strong now. We'll keep floating towards it and then get pulled downwards. What's happening to the door? I put weak bonds in it. It's, it's fading. Why isn't there anything behind it? Why can't you see where we came from? Duck, duck! Ow! It's hot! Why is it hot? They're made of lava. Well, I'm not going to drop, am I? I mean, it won't just stop, will it? When we get to the city, don't speak to anyone or anything. Stay close to me. We must be secret. But, but where... What is this place? It doesn't have a name, not yet. I'm sick. My legs are aching. Oh, I feel weird. The law of weights is still in force in this area. You're beginning to feel it, and we're beginning our descent. We're becoming faster! Uh, your powers of perception really are remarkable. Oh, we are accelerating. I see your point. How do we stop? I suggest we present as much resistance to the air as possible. Spread your arms. Let go of me now. Let go, Link. Oh, we got to hit that tower! No, we'll be all right. Just push away from me. After three, one, two, three, push. Let go!
said push away. We're all right, aren't we? Stay down. We don't want to draw attention to ourselves. Why? It's deserted. Where are all the trees? Get down. Look down that side. But keep your head down. See if you can see anybody. Nope. What was all them words you were saying when you were making the door? Shh. There's people come in. Where? There, a little crowd of them. How many? Well, I can't see that far. <laughs> yes, yes, I'm very old. Well, dunno. Quite a few. Looks like they're running. Weird looking people. We must get out of this town quickly. How do you know they're not friendly? Oi, they might not be. People rarely round up a gang and run anywhere to perform acts of charity. That's quite clever, actually. Oh, how thrilling for me. Now, please shut up. How come it's so deserted? Well, someone must have built it. It's like all wrong. It's like it's all broken. Keep moving. We're heading for the hill under the lightning, but we mustn't get caught. There's a palace. A uh, friend of mine lives there. I can hear someone. Come on, let's hide in here. No. Uh, this one's got a window. So they'll be able to see us. If you watch the tiger, you escape the tiger. What can you see? Shh. Do you think they saw us landing? Let's assume they did. Uh, is that... Is that blood? Look round. Look! Will you look? This place is full of bones. Interesting. Cannibalism. What does your friend look like? They've gone into the tower. Let's go. Oi! What does your friend look like? I haven't seen him for a long time. He rides a horse. Why? So that's not him? Ah. <laughs> oh. Uh, hello. We, we don't want to hurt you. What do you want? Please talk. We just want to hide from them, okay? No kill, friend. I am looking for a friend. Horse rider. No kill, Yes! Yes! Drengis! Marvellous! What's Drengis? I'll elaborate, but we're not dead unless you like to investigate her now. Drengis! Drengis! Greetings, Drengis. We have come here in peace to seek a friend. Yes, he, he would look like me, scarred face perhaps. Drengus, kill. Drengus, kill my friend. Drengus, kill you. Why? Why Drengus kill us? Drengus like kill. His, his friend rides a horse. Horse? Where, where is the horseman? You know horse. You tied. You weak. Where horse? Where? Mm -hmm. Where horse? Where horse? 
Sir, the village is secure. It looks like there were insurgents here, but they seem to be long gone. So, I'll ask you again. Where are they? All right, Corporal, line all the men of the village up outside. What's going on? I, I don't know, sir. I, I can't hear anything. Well, go and find out. Outside, sir? Now! The whole platoon Corporal Drop your weapon. I'm warning you. Dismount. Ah. All right, and that was Minister of Chance, episode one, and I don't think you need me to talk about how amazing the production values and cast were for that uh, really exciting, very professionally produced piece of independent audio drama. And we're talking now with Dan Freeman, the writer, director, and producer of that series. Hey, Dan, uh, welcome to Radio Drama Revival. Hi, Fred. Yeah, this is this is quite a remarkable production. The cast is such a fantastic cast. The production values are so high. Um, and of course your writing is, is uh, you know, uh, just such a full ensemble production is, is quite an impressive effort. Uh, so I guess I wanted to hear the genesis of this because, you know, clearly um, you have a lot of experience about what an audio production should sound like going into it. And um, you, you have some experience, um, you know, working in media a little bit. So do you just want to introduce yourself a little bit and talk about um, a little bit about the genesis of the, of, of the production? Well, my background is writing and performing and producing radio. But uh, this uh, really is a is a different kettle of fish because uh, because of the advent of podcasting. Really, um, it's become possible to put out uh, you know ex- exciting and um, very radiophonic pieces, and that was always our thing at the BBC. You know, where I started out, we. we 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 had a room that I used to love to go into with 
what spot effects and that you know just like those shoes of different types and horns and um you know rattles and stuff and uh it's great fun you know and you but it's increasing it's become very difficult to get this kind of stuff made on radio and there there are very few slots for um for this kind of thing so um, podcasting has allowed us to do something you know when you come into a room and there's a dragon in the room or something you can you don't have to say oh my goodness there's a dragon you know you can you you can uh, you can make it through sound you know so um yeah my background is in radio but uh my foreground is in podcasting i would say sure and uh I, I I understand that the Minister of Chance is actually sort of genesis in a Doctor Who episode. Do you want to explain that? Well, yeah. I mean, this happened, uh, I think it was about 10 years ago. Um, I put to radio, BBC radio, th- there was no Doctor Who then. Uh, Doctor Who had finished, you know, on mm-hmm. TV. And there was no- none of the new Doctor Who. And I put it to the radio head of um, the department I was working on that I... I was in touch with the um, actor of Doctor Who, Sylvester McCoy, and Sophie Aldred, who was his assistant in the series uh, when it went off air. And uh, and I said, you know, we could do, we've been talking about it, you know, and uh, we could do Doctor Who on radio. You know, you can go anywhere in space and time and whatever. And he said, I think that's a great idea. Let's do it. So uh, we created a pilot, and that was unfortunately turned down by the uh, by the bosses at Radio 4 uh, and so I gave it to the BBC online I just rang around the cast and said look they, they don't want it you know um, can I give it to the BBC online and so BBC online just put it put it on air and it got the biggest hits the most number of hits ever uh, apart from Children in Need which is a charity thing they yeah. so um, so they then had to sort of create a department to put it out and that because it was online, they decided that they needed some pictures with it, and that's how it became the it became the world's first webcast. Um, and it was called Doctor Who: Death Comes to Time. And within that series, there was a, a character called the Minister of Chance, who's another Time Lord. Uh, he was played by Stephen Fry, and he uh, he's a Time Lord like Doctor Who of the same race. Um, and there were other, you know, Time Lords in. There was uh, Anthony Head, uh, Anthony Stewart Head was a Time Lord, and other, you know, lots of. It was a great cast, you know. So we created that, and uh, that's how the minister was born. And then we had always talked about with uh, Stephen Fry about talking about having giving the minister his own series. Um, and we progressed along the, the, uh, along the road of developing it uh, quite a way until um, it, Stephen just became too busy and he just couldn't fit anything else in. And so he got to a certain point and just then he just said, look, I, I really, I, I just can't, I can't physically do it. And, and uh, so we just shelved it. And then I thought, we thought, well, maybe we don't, maybe it could be, you know, Time Lords regenerate. And there's this actor called Julian Wadham, who uh, I've always wanted to work with. I, I met him donkeys years ago, and I, I was sitting across from him, actually in a, in a, in a sort of studio waiting to go in for a job. <laughs> I suddenly shouted out, oh, you played Pitt! And he, he was like, he looked quite scared, <laughs> you know. But if you watch The Madness of King George, 
it's one of the, my favourite ever performances. Um, the film The Madness of King George, who plays the Prime Minister Pitt, who's this hilarious, stuck-up, repressed, priggish character. So, you know, we trepidatiously put this idea to him, and he said yes, and so then we built the, car- the cast-up around, around him. But, uh, uh, and we, so we've got Sylvester McCoy back this time, playing a villain, and... Um, Paul McGann, Jenny Agutter, and they, they all kind of looked at the script and just liked it, so they, they came on board. So tell me this, Dan. So, I mean, so you, 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 you obviously were very proactive about building the cast around the production and making the production happen, but were you already pretty sure that you were not uh, going to have official support from the BBC when you were doing this? Well, we... we <laughs> the BBC uh, is a very sort of different kettle of fish. It has very limited, very sort of defined uh, parameters of what it wants. You know, there, there are two stations that do drama. And they're Radio 4 and Radio 3. And uh, it takes a lot of effort to get anything on those limited slots. And, uh, you know, so it, it it's almost like we didn't really try, to be honest. We We... we decided that we were just going to make it and see if we could if we could do it you know and and just make it because you can put so much effort into into lobbying and you know trying to uh, get stuff on that it it becomes soul destroying and uh, uh, you know your enthusiasm is dissipated by that and and what about the the online division and and things like that uh, uh you know you were obviously very hip to podcasting we'll talk about that more in a moment but um you know from an organizational standpoint um what is the kind of the fate of the BBC online division is anything like what you did with the the webcast of Doctor Who is that still being done will it ever be done or is that sort of uh tried and tried and done well i think they did some more after after you know they had a kind of division as you as you say uh and they they did a few more uh, Doctor Who things after after my one um and uh i'm not really sure to be honest i don't really work for the bbc anymore and uh you, you know we're, we're completely independent as we love saying we don't we're not supported by the bbc the government or any other criminal organization so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know independence has its uh, has its pros and cons but uh, you just make it and then you put it online and if people like it they'll they'll support it and if they don't they won't and it i mean that's both uh, terrifying in that you put a lot of money um, and time and you know your own time when you should be earning money for your family into into a, a kind of punt a, a risk but then you know you know if it's good or not because people are downloading it and supporting it which I'm thrilled to say they are doing with, with ours yeah well fantastic I mean it, uh, I'm not sure how to exactly say this most diplomatically but you know when you see uh, a lot of what we see of independent drama in America you know, is from no other option, and it and it often, I uh, you know, I would say is uh, tends to be people who are working in radio for the first time, and not someone who's taken the time, you know, who's had previous radio experience, and then also takes the time to to draw in some of these top notch uh, actors. It, that that makes you know the Minister of Chance certainly very unique in that regard, um, and in, introducing it to this world where. Yeah, you just put stuff out there and, um, you know, people who spend very little money get enormous followings and sometimes productions that are more well-resourced uh, kind of don't resonate with people and, and everything in between. And um, so, so let's talk about that. You made the episodes um, and you're kind of at a crossroads now. And, and, you know, that's part of the reason why you're on this show is 
uh, you know, trying to get the word out a bit more um, and, and hopefully maybe we connect uh, with some of our U.S. based listening audience. But do you want to talk about wh- where the series is today and um, where you hope to be and that sort of thing? Yeah, I mean, we're doing this thing called Indiegogo, which is is like Kickstarter and these other schemes where you, we decide how much we need to make the next episode. We put it online. We put in a sort of an appeal online. And uh, if you contribute a certain amount of money, you get a certain reward. So people can get a signed script or they can get an answer phone message, you know, a voicemail message um, recorded by Sylvester McCoy or Paul Darrow, uh, who... Uh, uh, you know, who've offered to do voicemails, they can get, they can come to the recording, they can have a character or place named after them in the series and things like that. And uh, so it's a, it's a very, it's a wonderful way of funding things because it's just funded by the audience. And uh, I personally absolutely love the fact that I don't have to <laughs> go in and grovel to anybody and, you know, uh, say, them them say uh, look well sell it to me and I I have to go well it's very popular and I'm awfully good and you know we just put it online and people are people are funding it yeah and you know Doctor Who is still uh, very big you know over here and, and people love uh, the, the the whole culture of that and obviously your show is not strictly Doctor Who but there there's enough of it that maybe there's a, some crossover appeal um, there's an interesting thing on your website explaining. Um, is Doctor the Minister of Chance Doctor Who or not? And um, there's some there's some interesting things that come up about how the BBC operates and trademarks and that sort of stuff. And do you want to just touch on that um, quickly for listeners? Yeah, well, I mean, the, it's we're in this odd position because according to the BBC, you know, it, officially the Minister is a Time Lord, so he's the same race as the as the Doctor. But you know, uh, we we don't use any of the you know, properties that are associated with Doctor Who for plot reasons as well as sort of copyright reasons. But um, the minister doesn't have a TARDIS, but that's because he was, um, he in the Death Comes to Time, he, f- he fights the Doctor, and mm-hmm. the Doctor um, rescinds his TARDIS. And uh, he he doesn't have any of the associated properties of, uh, of Doctor Who, but neither does Doctor Who. I mean... The Doctor Who can't use the Daleks without using, you know, without uh, obtaining permission and licensing them from the creators of the Daleks and, and so on. So, I mean, in a in a in a way, we're in a, the same position as, as Doctor Who. It's not Doctor Who. It's not Do- Doctor Who as a series. I'd say it's notionally Doctor Who, and it's it's uh, it has an or rather it's a notional. There's a notional continuity with Doctor Who, and I'd say that the old Doctor Who, the old classic Doctor Who, rather than the new one. Um, and that's where our sensibilities come from, the old radiophonic workshop and uh, uh, the, you know, using music and sound effects uh, creatively, which is what we were, the BBC was always about, BBC Radio was always about in, in the past, you know. But um, in a sense, there's a, there are refugees from that world um, coming to us. So good. Well, we let's let's talk a little bit about uh, the the story world. So uh, at this point, listeners will have heard the first half and not have heard the second episode. So I don't want to uh, do too many they call spoilers alerts here. But uh, you know what? Are, what are what are some of the things that you'd like to explore or do more of? Um, you know, uh, hope uh, assuming that we you're able to fundraise the. Uh, assuming you're able to raise the funds to keep this thing going. Uh, episode three exists as a script. You know, the script is finished, or it, rather it's mostly there. It um, needs a polish with our uh, script editor. But um, 
Uh, well, one of the things that uh, I've enjoyed is the horseman. There's a character called the horseman, in, played by Peter Guinness, uh, who uh, you'll recognise um, from many films. Um, and uh, his character is explored uh, in episode three, and you find out a lot about him. Um, you find out, you meet a new character called the Sage of the Waves, who um, is very, um, it works sort of, well, it's very exciting in a, in, a, in a character sense and in a casting sense for, for us at the moment. Um, I think there's another world that they go to in episode three um, called Paludin Fields, which is what the episode three is called. Um, I think uh, Jenny Agatha's character, Professor Cantha, uh, kind of there, there are exciting things happening with her. She's, she's um, part of the resistance movement in, in the world that we're, that we're in, the, the, uh, the, the island of Tanto. <clears throat> has been invaded and she's an ardent pacifist but she uh she gets sort of drawn in more proactively into the resistance movement and actually she talks we've just done an interview with us with her uh on our website so if you go to ministeropchance.com you can you can hear her talk about her character and uh she talks about the avengers as well and the um some other geek fodder for the likes of me. <laughs> you know. um, so uh, yeah, I mean, this. I mean, I I love creating these worlds. It's it's so, it's such, so so fulfilling creatively. You you think up a world, and then you kind of paint it with with your script, and then you you do the you know I do the sound effects and I put the music to it, and it, it, it's it's very thrilling that you. You know, I get I get to sort of conceive of something and then create it. Yeah, and that that's kind of the charm of audio too, is that you uh, can create a world and you can realize it in a way that you know many it, it is very very challenging to do in, in film or TV. I think that's probably the the appeal that keeps keeps us writers uh, keep coming back to uh, the audio format. It's what I call uh, the George Lucas paradox: is that you know in '77 George George Lucas had a, a vision and everyone said it was no good and it wouldn't work even his actors but he didn't listen to them and he just carried on and he he made it and it was star wars and then he had another vision and everyone said it was no good and it wouldn't work and he carried on he didn't listen to them and it was the phantom menace so, <laughs> so you know the, the answer is you can't win but also that i mean it's when t there's nobody um telling me that that's no good you know off, off yeah. you trot that's rubbish you can't put it i mean i've got very happy very happily i have you know great script editor and um executive producer and and friends who i'll show it to but it, you know if i want to put it out i i can yeah yeah no it, it's uh i mean that's what's tremendously liberating i think it's probably across the whole internet and i i like the the george lucas paradox i i always think of it as like the youtube effect where it's so tremendously liberating for the create the the true creatives that the access to an audience and the tools to create the, the the product are so much more accessible than they've ever been. But on the other hand, that means that you know everybody with a camera phone is now Steve, thinks they're Steven Spielberg, and you have you know the challenge becomes how do you differentiate yourself from all the other uh, productions out there with with varying levels of of merit and technical polish. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, yeah, how do you distinguish yourself? And and uh, you know how do you 
how do you publicize it? I mean, this is something that I, I just didn't, didn't know what to, you know, I didn't know how to do it. Or I didn't know how you, who you asked about it. You know, how do you tell people about this, this, this thing that we're doing? You know, how, what, it's very difficult to coin it, you know. I was saying, so what? What you know? People say to me, so what do you what do you do? And I, well, I I sort of do this radio drama, but it's kind of like on a. It's not like radio. It's like sort of film, but it's on a it's on a podcast, and you and you, you just have, yeah. It, it's very difficult, and so uh, whereas before uh, you're at the before this sort of podcasting era, you were at the mercy of. Um, uh, studio executives or the whim of uh, commissioners. Now we're very much dependent on um, people who understand publicity and publicizing things and and um, merchandising. And that's a, such a complicated thing with the internet. You know, I mean, hit hits and impressions and podcast rates and you know, I mean, it really is. They they might as well have a pointed hat on and three teeth and be chucking frogs into a cauldron. Really, <laughs> you know, it's not not that not that he, he yeah, has. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so you know, we, we, again, we're doing we're doing YouTube uh, videos. We did some some funny ones with Sylvester McCoy uh, talking about the Hobbit or not talking about the Hobbit. Um, He's not allowed to talk about the Hobbit, but because he, he's you know, he, he plays Radagast the Brown in the Hobbit movies. So, um, we so we had some fun with that, and we did some funny videos, which are worth looking up on uh, on the Minister of Chance uh, YouTube channel. Um, but uh, you know, videos on YouTube are a way of publicising our podcast, and I mean, and people like you uh, with your wonderful show oh, and you. your. Uh, you know your your uh, interest in in this sort of uh, drama are really crucial, and I I really want to support you and and thank you for for you know for what you're doing for us, but also what you're doing just generally for the four. Yeah, well, I, and I hope the listeners you know re- this resonates with them. I know that you know science fiction is is one of these media. Uh, you know, genres that can, that translates really, really well to audio uh, because of your ability to zap across different worlds and, and travel and, and have aliens and time travel and all that so elegantly and so easily. Um, and I think The Minister of Chance is just one of these series that's a, that's a true gem, um, you know, and if people are, are just learning about it for the first time on this show, I hope they will check out ministerofchance.com, uh, learn about what you've done, what you're trying to do, and, uh, you know, decide if they want to be part of it. Uh, all, all the best, Dan. It's a fantastic series, definitely worthy of people's support. And thank you very much. Thank you. Great. Thanks for, thanks for, thanks for coming on. And that was Dan Freeman. He's the writer, director, producer of Minister of Chance, a writer with many accolades and a true lover of sci-fi audio. For more on his show, including the second episode, hit up ministerofchance.com. And I hope we are hearing them again on the show sometime soon. And um, even if not, I applaud what they've done so far. Great entertainment. Hope you enjoyed today as much as I have sharing it with you. Uh, yeah, so... Next week, uh, it will be March, but it's still sci-fi. We have a promised special guest. Uh, we were going to have him this week, and uh, due to some schedules, it'll be next week instead. Um, but what you can expect to hear is some news on Douglas Adams' audio work uh, from a source, probably the best source in the world alive today, to talk to you about that. If that 
may help you guess who we're going to be talking with. Big deal. <laughs> of course, uh, other stuff to keep you occupied over 200 hours of original audio drama programming at the recently redesigned Radio Drama Revival.com. We've got featured genre section of each month. Of course, it's sci fi for this month. Um, it should be easier to access all of our archives of content, mega archive page where you can search through every single show ever released on this podcast on one page. Um, and otherwise surf around and learn and enjoy and bask in audio drama awesomeness. Um, you can follow us on Twitter, hit up at Radio Drama, search Facebook for Radio Drama Revival, or dig us up on iTunes, Radio Drama Revival. Uh, that's a wrap for this week. Radio Drama Revival is produced by Fred Greenhalgh. Copyright of individual shows remains their original producers, but do please share the show as far and widely as you'd like. Radio Drama Revival originates in on-air radio at WMPG-FM. It is Southern Maine's community radio. It is podcast at radiodramarevival.com as labor love. Till next time, keep your mind and your ears open. Thanks for tuning in and have a great week. Mm-hmm.